So listen, no, it's so good and such a privilege to be here. And man, I mean, if how many of you were here last night? Yeah. <clears throat> how many of you here this morning? So as Susan got up and she said, man, you know, her husband was like, man, it's a hard act to follow. And then, man, God moved. God spoke through her. God did powerful things. I mean, all of y'all's debts are paid off right now. It's just, it's just amazing. Like, it's just phenomenal. And literally, I'm going to lunch with the team. I'm looking around, speakers bef after me, before me. And I looked at Susan. I'm like, look, if you thought when you got up here and you were communicating, your husband said that, you know, it's a tough act to follow. After you, I'm screwed. <laughs> just screwed, just screwed, just screwed. No. But it's so such an honor to be here. Thank you, Michael, for inviting me. Thank you for just letting me be a part. And listen, Revo is awesome. And I'm so glad to be a part of Revo Conference. And so listen, we're going to get right into the Word. How many of you love the Word of God? Mm -hmm. Man, the Word of God is everything. It's everything. It's what helps you grow. It's what helps you develop. It's what helps you mature. It's what helps you see Jesus in a great light. So listen, we're going to go to some scripture. And we're going to get right into the word. And listen, I know I've, I've watched. I was here last night, here this morning, watching people worship. You know, we've had some different, uh, the, the, the landscape has changed because people are coming in and they're exiting. But listen, this is a worshiping church. Am I right? Do y'all love to worship? Do y'all like to worship? And is this church with Revo Conference and even churches that are present, do you like the presence of the Lord? And so that being said, I know deep down within all of us, there's a hidden Pentecostal person in there. And so what I'm going to ask of you is while we preach and minister the word and as we go into the altar call, whatever God wants to, to have happen, if you could, if you could reach down and awaken that inner Pentecostal in you. And if you hear something that God is saying that speaks right to your life, it's okay to say amen. See, practice it right there, popcorn, amen. If you hear the Lord say something through what he uh, shared with me to give to you, you, it's okay to stand up on your feet and say, yes, sir. And if you know God spoke to that person that should be here right now, no, don't do anything. Because that would be rude. But listen, I want you to enjoy and receive from the Lord today. Can someone say amen? All right, so if you have your Bible, open it up, open it on your phone, open up your lap, whatever the case may be. We're going to two passages of Scripture, and we're going to get right into the Word. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. If you're there, say amen. If you're not there, we're going to wait. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. 2 Samuel chapter 5. Verse 20. Hey, here's an amazing revelation I just received from the Lord. Second Samuel comes after First Samuel. Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. And it should say something like this. So David went down to Baal Perazim and defeated them there again. And David said, Like a bursting flood, the Lord has burst out against my enemies before me. Therefore, he has named the place the Lord of the Breakthrough. Now, pause right there. Go to Ruth chapter 4, verse 12. If you don't want to turn to it, you can just listen real quick. It's about seven words. And it says this. May your house be like the house of Perez. 
Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is it. Your word is everything. Your word is what makes us who we are. So, Lord, I thank you that your word has gone forth. Now, Lord, anoint the hearts and ears of everyone here listening and anoint my lips to speak what you want to have said today so that we can leave this place not just with a goosebump, not just feeling better, but, Lord, we leave this place knowing that you are the Lord of the breakthroughs in our life. In Jesus' name, and if everybody would agree, someone say amen in this place. So listen, the subject title I have for you today is the champion of the breakthroughs. And if I overheard that there's a theme this conference is that it's the champion, that God is the champion. So we're going to look at God being the champion, but from this perspective that he's the champion of your breakthroughs. Now, the way I preach, I like to lay a foundation before we get to the heart of what God wants to say. So real quick, just lean in and listen, and then we're going to get to what God wants to say. There's a lot of words in the Bible that describe the nature and the character of God. And these words help us understand an incomprehensible God. Like the writer of Hebrews says that God is immutable. If you learn anything this weekend, learn that word immutable, go to a coffee house and just say it out loud, you'll look like a theologian. But the word immutable simply means that God is consistent, that God is ever, he's ever who he, and he never changes. That's why the Bible says God's the same yesterday, today, and so here's something I want to help us conclude to understand that God is immutable, which means he never changes, which is simply this. He is today who he was, and he is today who he's already going to be. I'm going to say that again. He is today who he was, and he is today who he's already going to be. So what that means for you and I in our life, we can look back over our resume and say, wait a minute, now I get it. I seen God, he was a way maker here. So he's going to be a way maker today, and he's forever going to be a way maker in my tomorrows. I've seen God be a healer over here, so I can declare he's a healer right now, and I can say he's forever going to be a healer because my God is never changing. I've seen God provide when I didn't have anything. We heard that this morning. And so we, we heard Susan, she's living in the provision of God, which lets her know that God will forever be her provision no matter what she needs because God never changes. Can someone say amen? He's never changing. He's never changing. He's not, he doesn't change by any outside force. So no matter what we go through in life, listen, church, the outside force will never change God. God will always change the outside forces. Which simply means this. It doesn't matter what we go through. As long as he is who he says he is, everything is going to be all right. The, immutable, the immutability of God means he never changes and there's another word I'm going to lean on as we go into the heart of the text, which is that God is a God of progress. God is a progressive God. 
Here's how I know this church family went through all the studies, went through, and some of you have, are light years ahead of me with study, but here's what I found. There's no word in the Bible that ever describes God as stagnant. There's no word in the Bible that describes God of being a God of regression. There's no word in the Bible, and I'm, 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 I got a little bit of southern roots, not like our sister this morning. But I got a little bit of that in me, but not like her. I'm living in, not outside. Right? Come on, y'all. They taught me growing up. You know what the plural word for you all is? Y'all. Or you take it one level farther, all y'all. Yeah. But listen, what I mean is to say is that there's no word in the Bible, watch this now, that will describe God as being stuck. God is a progressive God. He's a God of progress. How do I know this? Look at our Bible. He took the children of Israel out of Egypt, progressed them into the wilderness, and then progressed them into the promised land because God is a God of progress. All of us here that have named the name Jesus and he saved our life, he's progressed us from death unto life because he's a God of progress. And everyone here who is at Revo Conference is knowing that God wants to progress our faith from faith to faith, from glory to glory. We live life precept upon precept because God is a God of progress. And so if God is a God of progress, church family, here's what we also have to understand. The enemy is the opposite. The enemy's job, he wants to hinder he wants to hinder our development, our growth, and our maturity, which therefore lets us better understand that we serve a God of the breakthroughs. But now let's kind of break that down. You've been in church probably maybe longer than now. You've heard this word. What's breakthrough mean? What's breakthrough mean? Let's look at this practically, theologically, and, and everything that ends with an L-Y. In order to understand the power of God's breakthrough... And we know that God's a progressive God, that he wants to advance us, he wants us to grow, he wants us to mature, and he wants us to prosper. And the enemy's job is he wants to hinder our growth and hinder our development and hinder our prosperity. Now we can understand that breakthrough is best understood when we understand the difference between seasons and cycles. Come on, lean in this morning. I know you had lunch and the carbs are kicking in, but I'm going to kick it out of you with some Holy Ghost energy here this morning, right now, all right? See right there, the Holy Ghost is moving already. According to West Webster, here's what the word season means. It's divisions of the year, spring, summer, autumn, winter, marked by particular weather patterns and daylight hours, resulting from the earth's changing positions in regards to the sun. Watch this, which is designed to bring change growth, advancement, and prosperity. Woo, and that was Webster. Now, the definition for the word cycle in, the, in Webster are a series of events that, reg, that regularly happen and repeat in the same order. They keep on repeat what's always been happening. So spiritually, church, we can say that seasons are designed so that our lives can advance, that they can grow, that they can prosper, that they can mature. Are you with me? 
And that cycles are designed in our life to keep us stagnant, to hinder our maturity, to hinder our development, and to keep on repeat what's been happening all along. And so now when we get this framework, church, now we understand that God is the orchestrator of our seasons and the enemy is the orchestrator of our cycles. How can you say that, Pastor? Well, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that there is a season and a time for everything under heaven. And so, so with that being said, we need to always be conscious of the fact that our God is a God of seasons, not a God of cycles. Because our God wants to take us from faith to faith, from glory to glory, and advance us in our walk with Him. But the enemy of our soul wants to keep us stuck in cycles to hinder our faith, to hinder our development, and to hinder our growth. And so this is where we need to lean on right now. Some of you in this building right now, because of the divide, the, 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 the diversity of people, some of us are living in cycles right now that God wants to break you out of to show you he's the Lord of the breakthrough because he doesn't want you to live stagnant in cycles. He wants you to live in perpetual seasons that take you from faith to faith and glory to glory. Can someone say amen? But then what do we do now, Pastor, when we know that that's the case, that God wants us to live in prosperity and freedom and wholeness, and then I feel stuck in seasons and cycles in my life. I mean, I've tried to stop looking at porn, but I, I just can't. I've tried to put the drug habit down. I just can't. I've tried this. You know, I've tried that. So what do I do? What do I need to understand? Here's what helped me in my personal journey, and I pray it helps you as well. It's a phrase the Lord gave me that I want to give to you as well. It's simply this, is that God will always assist you in what he instructs you to do. I will. Thank you, Mama. God will always assist you in what he instructs you to do. All that is is to basically say that God is never going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you. So when you find yourself in a cycle like we learned last night, we got to lift our eyes to the hills, which where comes my help because my help comes from the Lord. And then I get my self in Christ, in the hula hoop. And so when I have my eyes on him and my feet are in the hula hoop, then God comes in and breaks me free from my cycle and then puts me in a season so I can be all he's called me to be. Do I have an interpentecostal person here that can say amen today? And so now to understand this, the last foundation I'm going to lay before I get to the sermon. is simply this. That may seem elementary to some of us. Like, Pastor, I know that. I live that. I walk that. I talk that. I know that. Why are you taking so much time laying that foundation? Because church family, here's what I've understood. Just because you've experienced breakthrough in one area doesn't mean you've experienced breakthrough in all areas. Just because you're free from porn doesn't mean that you are free from understanding how to handle your finances biblically yet. 
Just because you know how to handle your finances right doesn't mean you know how to handle your wife right. And so what I've learned walking this journey with the Lord, been married 17 years, I got three kids, I love Jesus and I love my wife and I love everything about it, but I'm learning as I go as well. Here's what I help, want to help us understand is that because we now understand just because I have breakthrough in one area doesn't mean I have breakthrough in all areas. Here's the key to unlocking breakthrough in your life. Watch it now. Write it down. This is a postable, tweetable moment. The Jesus that you see is the Jesus that you get. The Jesus that you see is the Jesus that you get. Mark chapter 6, we go back, famous passage of scripture, first three or four verses, actually tells us in concert that Jesus was preaching in a synagogue. And the Bible says that wisdom and power and the power of Jesus was present to heal. And then the religious people spoke up and said, wait a minute, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother Mary, stepfather Joseph, doesn't he have some brothers and sisters hanging around? Don't they have like this carpentry business down the street? And the Bible says that mit, mit not many miracles Jesus was able to perform because of their unbelief. So a few, watch, this is so important, church. A few received the healing that was available for all. Only a few received their breakthrough, which was available for all. Because the Jesus that you see is the Jesus that you get. There were some people in there that only saw Jesus as a carpenter. And here's what I've learned. If you want to get your house fixed, see Jesus as a carpenter. But if you want to get your life fixed, see Jesus as the Christ. Because he's come to set us free in every area of our life. Spirit, soul, and body. Emotionally, mentally. Why? Because he's the Lord of the breakthrough. Can someone say amen? The Jesus that you see is the Jesus that you get. Now, let's go back to our text. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. And Ruth chapter 4, verse 20. Are you with me? Are you awake yet? All right now. Because now we're going to kick into fifth gear. And I might get a little happy. Just forewarning you. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20, that David, I'll read it again, David went down to Baal-perazim and defeated them there, again, talking about the Philistines. And he said, like a bursting flood, the Lord has burst open this for me, and therefore David named this place the Lord of the breakthroughs. But it's so important, don't just glance over the text, because you know there's so much in the text when you read what the text says. It says the Lord of the breakthroughs. Not through. Lord of the breakthroughs. Make sure, keep that, pocket that. And then in Ruth chapter 4 verse 12, it almost like, why are you going way out in left field to bring this in? It says, may your house be like the house of Perez. Now to understand what it means that God is a champion of the Lord of the breakthroughs, let's do a quick journey back in the Bible real quick to Genesis chapter 38. How many of you love scandalous stories? 
If you don't, look at the person next to you and say, I know all about you. Because <laughs> you a scandal, <laughs> right? I see some people like, that's right, sister, you is one. You got me right. I am a scandal. Hmm. Go back to Genesis chapter 38. We see this story. Maybe some of you know it's about Judah and Tamar. Now, Judah was a ruler. He was, he's like a, a person in authority. And Tamar married his first, Judah's first son by the name of Ur. Pete, this, people that are going to get married, do not name your kids Ur or Onan or Shelah. I mean, please. But the Bible says that Judah named his first son Ur, and Tamar married Ur. And the Bible says that Ur did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and God killed Ur. And so culturally, in that time frame, if, if, if a father had more than one son, and the first son got married, which was Ur to Tamar, if Ur died, then basically the second son takes over first son's wife. Make sense? Are we there? So that's why Onan then married Tamar. But he did not want to marry Tamar because he did not want his seed to be a byproduct of something that wasn't originally his. And so the Bible says that he did what was evil on the side of the Lord, and God struck him dead as well. But there was another son Judah had. But he wasn't old enough to marry yet. And so Judah looked at Tamar and said, look, here's what we're going to do. Wait till this son is old enough, and then I'm going to come back to you, and you can marry him. Fast forward, the Bible says that the son was old enough to marry now, but Judah did not make good on his promise. So Tamar is like, she, listen, I believe that she was a good, wholesome woman, but she had a little bit of hood in her. She had, sorry if that kind of pushed on some of you. Um, she had a little bit of ghetto in her. Or maybe from, you know, if, 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 if that doesn't make some sense, I mean, she was a little scandalous. Because the Bible says she dressed up as a prostitute. And placed herself right by the road where Judah was walking. And Judah just came out of a party, history tells us. And he had one too many. And he's walking down and sees Tamar. He says, mmm, girl, you look good. You look real good. So the Bible says that he took her in the house, slept with her, and she conceived and had twins. And when it came time for her to have birth, she's ready to give birth. And so the midwife jumps in to help give birth. And the Bible records that the first son made its way out hand first, and they wrapped a scarlet cord around the wrist, which signifies the firstborn, signifies this is where the blessing's going to go. And the Bible shows us something that never, ever happens ever again in Scripture. Right when the boy received the scarlet around his wrist, he retracted his hand back in the womb. And the Bible says the other son made its way around, and Tamar gave birth to the second son. Now pause for the cause for a minute. What if you're that midwife, and you're watching this whole thing, and you're like, It's happening. And the Bible says that when the second son was birthed, the midwife said, what just happened? How did you break through? Go read your Bible, Genesis chapter 38. And the Bible says that Tamar named that son Perez, which means breakthrough. 
pause and marinate. Because now we can understand better in Ruth chapter 4, verse 12. When there was a blessing being pronounced over her and her husband. You know that guy by the name of Boaz? How many of y'all ever heard of Boaz? How many of y'all waiting for your Boaz? <laughs> it's an old church joke. You'll get it on the way home. It's okay. It's all right. But during the wedding, the priest came around and pronounced blessings. One of the blessings we find in Ruth chapter 4, verse 12 where they say, may your house be like the house of Perez. May your house be like the house of breakthrough. It was a blessing pronounced over their life. And we see in the whole book of Ruth, there was no leader or ruler because they were all ruled by judges. And the Bible says that. And that basically when kings died off and it was ruled by judges, there's no genealogy we can find in the biblical text. If you can find it for me, please let me know because I'm still learning. But I did not see any genealogy after kings died until we get to the book of Ruth. And when we get to the book of Ruth, we see now a genealogy enacted. It's kind of displayed by the Holy Spirit in the scripture. And it starts with the genealogy of David. But the first person mentioned in the genealogy of David is Perez. Now this is the monumental shift that happens. Look at your neighbor and say breakthrough. No, say it again. Say breakthrough. Because now we understand better in 2 Samuel chapter 5 verse 20. We see the person David here. He's significant because David's bloodline traces back to Perez, which means in the bloodline of David carries with it breakthrough. So the point number one I have for you, write, that, write this down. Point number one, breakthrough produces more breakthrough. Write it down. Breakthrough produces more breakthrough in your life. Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 20 says, So David went down to Baal Perazim and defeated the Philistines there, and the Lord did it again, which signifies at this point that God broke through on his behalf. Now you could stop. You can pause and you can shout right there that God brought breakthrough into David's life. But don't stop there to understand the principle that breakthrough produces more breakthrough. Because you go back now to 1 Samuel chapter 17, we see David defeating Goliath. But don't, put, don't shout right there because you go back a few more verses and we find that David defeated a bear and a lion. What I'm trying to infuse into your spirit right now is that breakthrough produces more breakthrough. When you have one breakthrough, you're going to have multiple breakthroughs because we don't serve the God of the breakthrough. We serve the God of the breakthroughs. And that's why some of you here have been fighting battle after battle after battle after battle after setback after setback and can't figure out why you're fasting and you're praying and you still can't figure out why. Here's why, baby. Because right before the battle, God just brought you out of a breakthrough. But an only to go to the next breakthrough is you got to go through a fight. And I'm here to tell you that breakthrough produces more breakthrough when we are willing to step up every time and go through another fight so that God can be the God of breakthrough in my life. So I can see that breakthrough produces breakthrough, produces breakthrough in my life, not just for my life, but for the life of my lineage, the life of my bloodline. My breakthroughs that I'm dealing with right now are going to be passed down to my kids, and my kids are going to experience breakthrough after 
breakthrough after breakthrough because my God is a generational God. Can someone say amen? He wants us to live in perpetual breakthroughs. He's a God of breakthroughs. And so point number one is that breakthrough produces more breakthroughs. So those of you that are wondering, why am I always fighting? Why, is always, why, is, why don't I have a building yet? I'm right there with, with Michael. Why don't we have a building yet? It's like every time we try, it falls through. Every time we try, it falls through. And then a leader spoke this into my spirit. Man, and it felt so good. And Michael, you can take this for your church as well. We were talking, and he said, you know what, Jason? When excavators and contractors get together and build a very large building, it takes heavy machinery to move the ground. And it takes longer to move the ground for larger buildings. I was sitting in a restaurant, and I got up, and I wanted just to shout like I know how to because what he spoke into my life and said, hey, what you're dealing with right now is not the enemy trying to snuff your life out. God is developing character inside of you so that you can know that you serve the God of the breakthroughs. So for some of you who are battling, and it seems like I'm always battling and battling, understand that if you linked up with Jesus because you have, because of David, you're going to live a life of breakthroughs. Point number two, and I close in worship team, you can come back up. Point number two is this. you got to catch this and write this down. The enemy never quits, but he always loses. Let that sink into your cerebral cortex for a minute right now. The enemy never quits, but he always loses. I was taught this in communication school. Third time is for good measure. <laughs> the enemy never quits, but he always loses. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20, we've read it. It says that he went down and defeated the Philistines again. He called that place the Lord of the breakthroughs. But then you go two verses over, verse 22. But after a while, the Philistines returned again and spread out across the valley of Rephaim. Verse 20 the Lord sent David a breakthrough. The enemy lost. Are, are we there? Church family, are you with me? Say amen. Two verses later, it says, but after a while, the Philistines came back again and set up a wall in the valley of Rephaim. Go look up that word later. The word Rephaim describes a place where these people were called the Rephatites. These people were greater than average stature and height or giant size. But watch this. The suffix I-M that's attached to Repha, R-E-P-H, then I-M. That I-M suffix, watch this now, makes the valley not singular 
but plural. Which means David did not go down to the valley of one giant. He went down into a valley of multiple giants. Because that suffix I am makes everything singular. I'm going to speak this into some of your spirits right now. Being under constant attack has nothing to do with being a flawed believer, but being under constant attack has everything to do with being a favored believer. I'm going to say that again. Being under constant attack has nothing to do with you being flawed. It has everything to do with you being favored because the enemy doesn't waste his time working overtime on something that doesn't make him nervous. So let's set the record straight. As believers, we will always be under attack because the anointing attracts the enemies on your life. But I've got to help change your perspective this morning that the enemy will never quit. But church, he's always going to lose because the anointing on your life that defeated him back then is same anointing that has the power to defeat him again because God is the God of the breakthroughs Somebody say amen. But here's the shout. Here's where you can shout. I give you permission and an invitation to shout right now. (laughs) David went down to the valley of Rephaim, right? Plural, many giants. But go back now, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20. And when David feeded the Philistines the first time, he called the place Baal-perazim. He called the place Baal-perazim. Let's spell it out. B-A-A-L hyphen P-E-R-E-Z-I-P. M. And we just learned that whenever you attach the suffix I am to any word, it makes it plural. And we also learned that Perez means breakthrough. Oh, so I want to tell somebody right now that we don't serve a God that is a breakthrough God. No, we serve a God who's the God of the breakthroughs. So no matter what is going on in your life, you need to get your eyes on Jesus and get yourself in the circle and let God be the Lord of the breakthroughs in your life. Can somebody Get on your feet right now and celebrate Jesus for being the Lord of the breakthroughs in your life. And we need this word, not just in New York State, but in the church of America. Here's why. Because, listen, every battle... That, I, that you're going to go through from here on out. I want you to name that place. When God breaks through and brings you into victory, name it Baal Perazim. Perazim, the Lord of the breakthroughs. 
Let's just focus our eyes on Jesus right now. Through this whole conference, when it kicked off last night, the Lord told us to always focus our eyes on Jesus. No matter what kings are doing behind closed doors and sabotaging this culture and the governments, that's happening. But let's get our eyes on Jesus. The battles and the issues and the things that you're facing right now, get your eyes on Jesus. And as we heard this morning, place yourself back in the place of your identity in Christ. Just reposition. You're not flawed. You're not in sin. You're not out of line. You're not rebellious. Just, just reposition yourself. Just, just, just reposition. If you need to repent, then repent, and then you'll be repositioned. And then when you got your eyes lifted up and you're in the circle, then all you have to do is stand still and see the salvation of the Lord over your life. Because church, let me help you understand that God did not ask you to fight battles that he's already assigned angels to fight over your life. And the way that we fight is in worship. That's how we fight. I think somebody wrote a song that says, this is how I fight my... Can we sing that? No, don't sing it. Just sing whatever you got planned. Maybe for next time. We'll get together and kind of have some email dialogue, and it'll look really good, and like, this will go viral. But... This is how we fight our battles, is by worship. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship. And then if you want prayer, the prayer team's going to come. I would like the prayer team to actually come now and just get ready, like right up here. And if you need prayer, we're just going to come and agree with you. And I believe God is going to be the breakthrough God for your life. He's going to send breakthrough in the moment you come up and just need prayer. I don't care if it's healing. I don't care if it's depression. I don't care if it's addiction. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, let's see God be the God of the breakthroughs. Not just talk about it. Let's see it happen. Because remember, the Jesus that you see is the Jesus that you get. If you need healing, see him as a healer. If you need deliverance, see him as a deliverer. If you need breakthrough in your finances, see him as Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Come on, let's all of us, before you come forward, let's focus our eyes on Jesus right now. Let's come on, let's get into worship right now. Come on, let's just focus our eyes on Jesus and just get into worship.